the florida hockey podcast justin bedford alongside noah russo how you doing this week buddy i'm good how are you not too bad not too bad still in mexico just yeah relaxing and you know getting some sun i did a i did a watercolor painting class today which was uh i'm not very good at art so it was pretty rough but (laughs) i don't know my dad my dad invited me he was like oh he's like oh i'm doing this painting class you want to come i was like yeah like sure i'll come that shit's fucking hard <laughs> it's hard man oh watercolors it it, it it bleeds it moves around too much it's so hard they do <laughs> and like we're doing this we, we might have to do, do you still have the painting uh i do i kept the painting yes of course i i think i think that sounds like a good auction item an auction item a signed painting Okay, because like they had like a vase of flowers set up to, for us to, to paint, right? Yeah. So many flowers. <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> like it, yeah. Did, it was, how, did your parents do it too? It was just me and my dad. How did how did he do? He did better. Well, he painted. He did his own painting. He did, painted like a picture of a barn that he had, which was super <laughs> easy. And I'm over here and I'm trying to like do all these petals for flowers and the stems and these other plants. And it looked, it just looks like a blob. Like it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's my best work, but you know, I, I, you know. It, that, that's it, funny. It, we should, we, we should try and get a picture for, uh, for the, for, for the Twitter account. Yeah. I mean, we'll post a quick picture of it. Yeah. It's, I will say so. When I was in like elementary school, you know, I'd be like, you do art in elementary school, right? Yeah. So we did like, we did watercolor painting like in elementary school and we painted flowers and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. I swear the flowers I did in like grade three are about the same quality as the ones I did today <laughs> as a 21 year old. Like the quality is not improved. That is pretty funny. So I don't think a career in art is in, in my future at all is the sense I got. And I think the teacher agreed with me too. <laughs> but it was okay it's a lot of fun you i know, can imagine something something different why not you know having, having a good time yeah of course so yeah um but yeah like panthers news uh it's out there this week we forgot to mention last week uh that they did make some changes to their uh, goaltending department and they brought in Francois Allaire who is probably widely regarded as one of the greatest goalie coaches of all time who's worked with a number of Vesno Conn Smythe winning goalies most notably Patrick Waugh uh, he was pretty good yeah he was okay Patrick Waugh yeah he did Some- he did let in he did let in those nine goals against Detroit though oh, couple bad couple, ba- couple bad goals in that game I, in my opinion, I probably would have pulled him after five. <laughs> I wouldn't have let him, left him in there. That's just me. Um, so, so I actually, um, I wrote a 15 page paper for one of my classes and I chose the topic of um, the future of professional hockey in Quebec city. Right. Because obviously Patrick Waugh was traded to Colorado who were and the Nordiques one year it took one year yep. it took one season and I mean I was just sitting like pretty much just sitting there and it's like can you imagine if they didn't relocate and won that and won the cup the next year 
the Nordiques would probably not even with Patrick Juan, just like they had Jocelyn Tebow, who was okay. Um, yeah, he was all right. If if they would have like stayed there and won the cup, I think we we'd still have the Quebec Nordiques in the NHL today. Do you think they ever get them back? Uh one hundred percent. I just I'm not sure it's gonna be in my lifetime. No, like you're talking like because they've added two teams in the last like you know, we're talking at least at least like twenty years. Yeah, like twenty years would be the earliest because and the the really, really sad part in all of this is that Quebec City built a brand new arena, right? The the center de videotron, right? Yeah, whatever you said. Um, yeah, I know. I nailed the French accent there. Eh? It's like that thing is going to go unused for the its entirety of its life, like unused by a professional hockey team. Well, Obviously, what's its, the ramparts, what... the ramparts play there, but like their attendance figures, nowhere near what an NHL team would be. Well, and like, what's the capacity of it too? Like, is it even big enough for an NHL team? Oh yeah, it's a little over eighteen thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm sure that was part of it too. And I think like they built, they built that arena with the sole purpose of attracting an NHL franchise. Yeah. Cause for a while there, it was like both of them in Seattle and Vegas, like they were all in the mix. Well, Vegas, they actually put in a bid. Quebec city actually put in a bid at the same time as Vegas did. They went through the same meetings in New York as Vegas did. And fun fact, they were never actually given a formal rejection. Their application is still being like pending, pending. Yeah. But Gary Bettman said when Seattle came into the league, he said 32 is a good number. Right. He basically basically said everything but outright rejected. Yeah. And so then you're talking about relocation, right? Yeah. If you're going to keep 32 teams, but obviously the the best, the best option for relocation at this point would be probably is Arizona 100 percent you can't take a western division team or western conference team and bring it to the eastern conference it's going to unbalance the the whole feng shui of the league right now that's going to be 16 and 16 next year yeah you also have so many like western conference teams that are pretty far east like yeah nashville's pretty far east right like yeah so and- it's, it's going to be really interesting. I don't think we see a relocation. And a relocation, in my opinion, I think, is going to be much more expensive than an expansion franchise. Yeah. Well, and the, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, the thing, too, is, like, with the NHL and relocation is that they love to, like, if they relocated to Quebec, then there really wouldn't be, like, another, like, really viable NHL market. And the NHL loves to have, like, at least one viable market so that owners – can use that to threaten to get new arenas that they can threaten relocation unless they get a new arena. Yeah. Like that Um, was like, uh, I remember when Edmonton was trying to get their new arena that they threatened going to Seattle. Did they? Yeah. Which was a long time ago, but, and now Seattle's obviously getting a team too, but I wonder, I wonder if it's going to be a thing, a talking point around Ottawa, because when you, when you look at the Ottawa senators, I, I, I would argue that, Ottawa might be a better like team to relocate than than Arizona to Quebec City, of course. Logistically, it's a lot easier for sure. Logistically, I mean, their fan base is by no means top tier in the NHL. Well, and I think I think most of that's just ownership too, right? Is like attributed to that. So exactly, but there's the whole fact that it's the Canadian capital. I yeah. think that plays a huge role, to be honest. It's the Canadian capital, and it's Eugene Melnick who won't sell unless he's forced to, and he's not going to relocate it because, A, that would just cost him money, and he's not going to do that, (laughs) and it makes no sense at all from his perspective. So, like, there's definitely – yeah, there's a couple options out there. Um, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of another, like, really viable NHL market that that is, like – that you can threaten to move to other than Quebec City right now, mm-hmm. given that Seattle got a team. Off the top of my head, maybe Portland. Yeah, Houston. Possibly. Houston, yeah. I mean, 
Dallas is, I mean, Dallas, Texas is tricky, right? Yeah. Well, the thing too is, I mean, I think Milwaukee, Milwaukee might be an option. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like you, you talk about Arizona and I think it's really easy right now, especially for like with all the, the teams that were put in like non-traditional locations like Arizona and like Florida, right. As much as they might not be the most financially dominant teams, you've seen players come out of those markets that wouldn't have come out there if there's no team like there's no Austin Matthews if there's no Arizona Coyotes right that's a fact right that's 100% right is there a Jacob Chitrin if there's no Florida Panthers uh, right yeah, he's, exactly. he's Boca right like maybe maybe not but having yeah. those having those teams in those areas allows you to access the youth in the area and build up your pipeline of development as a league yeah, and I mean, obviously, you can make the case for other te- other cities. Um, I'm thinking maybe New Orleans. Yeah, I remember. You know, Nebraska. I mean, you got Omaha. Um, there, there's options out there, but like, I'd say that you've got first class like NHL cities, and Quebec City would be one of them. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah. In like a, in first year university, we had an assignment where it was like you were competing for an NHL expansion team and you were like assigned a city and you had to like justify what, why your city should get one. I don't think what you were class in this was class. This? That was in uh, 1P91. I don't know what the. Oh, we were, you had both in the same semester, didn't you? I did. So you weren't in this one. I was not. But so, uh, my team won, not a big deal at all, but a little bit. What was your, what was your, city? so first of all, the, the actual assigned cities we got were actually like pretty terrible options. Like, I think I forget what one of them was. One of them was Quebec, which obviously makes a lot of sense. One of them was Hamilton, which makes no sense. I, man, I going to be honest pe- with you people, across my research. People love to throw Hamilton in that mix. And I don't get it. First of all, no chance it happens realistically with Toronto that close. Yeah. It's, it's literally like Hamilton is, I'm not saying nobody would go and I'm not saying it couldn't work with a lot, like without a lot of effort, but why the hell would you put your team smack dab in between Buffalo and Toronto? Yeah. Everyone in the area is either Sabres fans or Leafs fans. Like it's, that's there's it. already established fandom. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense putting there, but people love to throw out Hamilton as an option or another GTA team. And I just don't see it. Like if you're living exactly. in, in, in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, you're a Leafs you're, fan. You're a Leafs fan. You're not switching just because they put a new and team. What are you naming the team? The Scarborough, like whatever's like, that doesn't, it doesn't work. It's Toronto. And exactly. Toronto has one team and it's the Maple Leafs. Right. That's just the reality of it. But the team we, we were assigned was uh, we got Regina, and we won with Regina. Regina's not big though. Regina's I, not. I, it's not big. I think that that's the main thing that works against you. But I don't know if you did this. But what I would have done in your case would, I would have looked at, um, the Rough Riders. So we did. We brought up how passionate yeah. the the CFL yeah. Rough Riders fan base is. So, yes, it's not a big populous area, but the Rough Riders are a huge draw. That's by far the most dominant CFL team, right? I mean... And without a doubt, in terms of fan yeah. support, without a doubt. Yeah, it's... Exactly. Is Yes, the, the small market can hurt you, but it can also play to your advantage, and I, I, I think that's what you guys did. Yeah, and the other thing we brought up was that statistically at that time, I don't know if this is still true, but per capita, Saskatchewan produces the most NHL players of any region on the planet. It probably is just because of the such low population. It is. And they don't produce particularly high quality of NHLers, but I think it was like the big ones were like Getzlaff, Marlowe. Quantity over quality. Exactly. Zach yeah. Smith. Like there was a lot of names of guys that have come out of small town Saskatchewan, the Shens. Um, so that, that, those were like the two big ar- arguments we based on. We had a couple others. Um, and so we won with that, but it's, it's hard to make a case for a lot of cities 
for an expansion team. Like on the surface, it's very easy, but when you actually like go into the details and really think of the logistics, it doesn't make sense. Quebec City makes sense. The and argument- that, that's why I was so impressed that Winnipeg got a team so soon after they were relocated. Very impressive that they did that. Uh, that they were able Very to get impressive. them back. Um, and, and that was the big one of the big arguments because you're allowed to debate uh, against other teams and their bids. And mm-hmm. our big point against them was that Quebec at the time, the Nordiques had left 20 years ago. Um, and so basically our kind of thought process was that anyone under the age of 20 was probably a Canadians fan in or, Quebec City. Or, yeah, here's the thing. You're either a Habs fan or the polar opposite. There's a lot of people that grew up and because their parents were Nordiques fans, they just grew up hating the Habs. And there is kind of like that niche market of people that just hate the Habs. Like people will cheer for Boston before they cheer for Montreal because of how much that rivalry between the Nordiques and the Habs, because of how how strong strong it was, was, they'll be cheering for like other teams. But I think that you're right in saying that the team's been gone for so long that people have already like created allegiances to different teams and it's going to be hard to kind of recuperate those people. Yeah. So that that was our main argument against Quebec city was that all those young fans that you want to bring into your fan base and build around as they, you know, get older and stuff um, just wasn't going to be there because of, the previous existence of the Nordiques and them leaving. And that's Uh, kind of the things that the thing that hurts you when you expand to a strong hockey market is that people are already invested in the, in the sport. Therefore they've already created ties with different teams. Whereas you're expanding to Seattle. There's no way you can tell me that the majority of the Seattle like fan base was already a hockey, like diehard hockey fan before Seattle came into the league. Yeah, I, I don't think it was. And like, especially Vegas too. Exactly. Vegas is the perfect example on this. Yeah, like that's the ultimate example of like an expansion team that just nailed it. And really, I think that that was Gary Bettman's like best case scenario for all his uh, Southern expansions. You just got to be realistic and assume that it's not going to work for everyone. No. And obviously didn't work for Arizona. Um, obviously, not yet. Unfortunately, didn't work for, for Florida. I mean, even Tampa at the beginning did struggle. It's um, incredible what on-ice success can do. Amazing. Amazing. Right. And Arizona really has – I mean, has, I don't think Arizona's ever made it past the second round. No, they made it to the conference final one year. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah, one year. Was that was against like, Chicago? 2011 or 2012, I think, with Mike Smith in net. Yeah. Shane Doan. Let's say Radham Verbata. Let's say Kyle Turris, too. I'll throw Anton but even then, in there. Let's say Martin then, Hansel like, was on the team. Keith Yandel. Like, I could just name off. I'm just throwing a bunch of names out there that I know played for the Yotes. Yeah, in, era. in that time span. I don't know if they for sure nailed it. Maybe Lee Stepniak. I don't know. <laughs> He's played everywhere, so it's tough, but. Yeah, it, um, so it's it's hard. So you, there's so many moving variables, so many like uncertainties, right? It's Quebec City. Let, let, I mean, let's put it as simply as possible. High risk, high reward. Absolutely. And, so, and it's just not going to happen anytime soon. Which. And I mean, especially when you think about it, just because when when you add a team in the in Canada, and I'm sure that there was some opposition at the time when Winnipeg came in, but less applicable because it wasn't as big then. You have to split those TV rights with one additional team. Yeah, that lowers your share of the revenue. And I think in 2011, when Winnipeg moved back the TV revenue was not nearly as impressive as it is now. It was before the new Rogers deal for sure. In Canada. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And I think the new Rogers deal came what, two, three years ago. Yeah. So it's, it's drastically changed between then and now very different situation from that standpoint. 
right? And di- diluting that anymore with an eighth team in Canada. And I mean, it it makes more sense on a like a bigger scale, especially in the United States. Seattle, man, I, I've got to tip my hat to Gary Bettman on this one. Like he, the orchestration of the Seattle expansion is absolutely perfect because first of all, he's going to a market that's craving just anything an indoor professional team yeah right they already have the seahawks they already have the mariners um but those are both summer sports yeah like there's no there's like obviously i know i know the nfl plays like during the, the winter like but it's still like a summer sport yeah you're not overlapping with like nhl playoffs at all exactly right and so so, yeah, but a, a brilliant move. Like coming perfect. back to my point is, you know why U.S. teams are not so upset with this because of revenues? National TV deal. It's up. Yeah, it's up after this season. Yeah, we're talking about like NBC is probably going to get it again. That's what I've been hearing. That I think ESPN is going to have one game every week. Awesome. But we're talking about like. Like TV revenues in the past 10 years, like just skyrocketed. Well, yeah. And that's why like before the pandemic, you were looking at the NHL and with Seattle coming in with a new national TV deal on the table, you know, the expectation of everyone was like, oh, the cap's going to go way up. Right. Yeah. And I think there are even some teams that, you know, had spent money anticipating that they were going to have room and they were going to have more revenue and that it was just going to keep going up and up and up. And it's just taken a huge, huge dip with everything that's gone on this year. It's going to be fascinating to see the actual figures on the next deal. Yeah. The good news is that the deal, like the bad news is that they're not going to jump like we people expected it to. But the good news is that it will likely help them bounce back a little bit quicker than if it wasn't set up this way. I'm I the NHL is in a very very interesting position right now. I think it's a, yeah in a position where they it could go a number of different ways for them. You know, I mean, you look you look at the other sports. NBA is obviously just like growing exponentially, but that's they're set. Um, the game is just so much more universal. Um, the the NFL has their broadcast deals. I think for the next at least six years. They're yeah. set on that. And yeah, it's like, huge viewership. We're talking billion, billion dollars. Yeah. Um, and then the MLB. I mean, the MLB is declining, but they're. I, I think they're going to reach this point of stabilization. Yeah, I that, think they'll drop and then they'll find like a plateau point a little bit lower. It, it's going to be very successful for them if they can kind of adjust to that. And the NHL is the only one that you're like, I can't really picture what's going to, what it's going to be like in five years is you have a little trouble picturing exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. It, there, yeah. There's definitely a lot more uncertainty with the NHL as to what, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like what it's going to look like in five years. Cause we just don't know. There's so many moving parts. It's a much uh, less popular sport than some of the other ones, much harder to market. They don't do a particularly good job of marketing it anyways. Um, very, very interesting situation. But with all this being said, back to the original point of this entire conversation, which was Francois Allaire, new goalie coach for the Florida Panthers. Yes, uh, yes. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, it's a great deal. I mean, we, we see Florida kind of becoming the first team to have this goaltending department, right? So I think they got Bobby Lou, um, his, what is it, his brother? I think it's his brother, Leo Lou. Yeah, yeah, Leo Lou. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Um, yeah, Leo. Yeah, Rob yeah. Tallis. Um, Rob Tallis, and then Francois Lair. And we saw Calgary just announced that the they same were thing going today, the same, same kind of thing. setup. Honestly, Florida needs it. <laughs> Let's face it. Yeah, to me, like keep like talk about Francois Lair in general, right? Like. I think people who are really tapped into the hockey market, they know Francois Allaire, right? Mainly because of Patrick Waugh, maybe a little bit because of J.S. Shagir. He's also worked with 
like Brzgalov. Like he's worked with some pretty significant names. I think he worked with Biron. He worked with uh, James Reimer in Toronto. And notably, he did work with Roberto Luongo as well. So a good history there between the two. Um, but I saw some interesting tweets from a little while back from uh, Mike McKenna, uh, former NHL goalie. And he yep. said um, what Allaire did and continues to do differently than a lot of other goalie coaches is he really taps into the analytical side. And he's all about efficiency and how can we make everything about your movements, your position as efficient uh, in net as possible. And I think that's really going to benefit uh, a goalie like Sergei Bobrovsky, who's got terrific reflexes and mobility, but just kind of quieting his game down a bit to be more efficient, I think that's going to be huge for him. 100%. Um, it's going to be really interesting, especially considering the, the young crop of goalies that they have, right? So so they have um, Montembeau, who we're not – I'm still not even sure what he's really capable of. I, I don't – I think I kind of see Montembeau as, like, just a backup type of guy. Exactly. Right? But I was, I was shown, I was, like – I was pretty high on him in his draft year, and it's kind of been middling ever since. I, I feel like we've seen glimpses of yeah. maybe he can be, like, a fringe starter. Yeah. But it's I, unsure. So I think they're really going to tap into that, and they're, they're really just going to see what exactly he, he can – and they're going to tailor – their approach to what they think he he can do absolutely and i think it's honestly like the happiest guy right now should be spencer knight yeah like he's gonna come into the organization and he's gonna have just support from left and right absolutely there i think what what bring in a guy like Francois Larin, who's very, very experienced. And, uh, you know, I don't think, I think with the way he approaches everything, like I don't, I wouldn't say he's outdated at all, even though he's been around for a long time. Um, but to me, it's like Florida invested a very high draft pick in Spencer Knight and they invested a lot of money in Sergei Bobrovsky. And to me, Francois Lair just kind of seems like the insurance policy. Like you're protecting your investment. You're trying to get the most out of it type of deal. That's what I kind of see I mean, this move is, as. Is this is this Bill Zito? Is this his orchestration, or does it go above him? I'm, that's where I'm. I'm. I'm not quite sure. I I imagine, I, and I have no knowledge of this. It could come yeah. from above, or it could have come from Bobby Liu too, from Roberto Luongo, having previously worked he was with already, He was already working. Yeah, he was already working, but maybe he felt like Francois could tap into something. Like I think his official title is goalie consultant. Yeah. So maybe he, I, I think, yeah, that I think a is going to help is really just it. Yeah, no, it's, I think that there's, there's no way it does. Like, I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see, but I have very high hopes for this kind of new setup. Yeah. Cause to me, like Francois Allaire, you, you talk about like, I've always been like a huge fan and supporter of like goalie coaches as like good investments for an organization as like a good goalie coach can do so much for you as an organization in terms of getting the most out of your assets. Like you look at guys that just get churned out through goalie coaches and become better. You look at Mitch Korn and all the goalies that have worked with him been incredible. And then a team can then trade him for other assets. Like I think it just represents a really good way to uh, uh, amplify your assets to increase their value. Yes, 100%. Um, it, it's going to be like great, great move on the Panthers. Yeah. And, and I'm excited to see like what the, what the result is and if um, it can help the goaltending situation, which was not great last season. Uh, by any means, Right. And, and again, and part not. of that was part of that was on the defense in front of them too. Like, Sergey Borovsky, you know, wasn't the answer, but he wasn't the only problem either. Um, yeah, and they've they've addressed the defense and uh, free agency and and bringing in, you know, Radko and uh, yeah, Nudavara. 
So mm-hmm. we'll see how it plays out. But I, I really like this move for the Panthers. I think this is a really smart move. Uh, another one from Bill Zito. And I think, yeah, it can just only benefit the team. Uh, 100%. Um, fantastic move. And you know it's good because the team copied it immediately. And I, I know the Flames were saying, like, oh, like, we've had plans for, like, doing this for years now. But at the end of the day, they hadn't done it yet. Yeah. And like, think- that's, that's just the reality. And the Panthers were the first to do it. And that's how you know it was a good, good move. Yeah. And especially, like, with this upcoming season where I anticipate goaltending is going to be a lot more important with the compressed schedule, that goalies, if they're not – training properly if they're not doing the right things they're going to get fatigued and so having two strong goalies is really important but having uh strong coaches and strong goalie coaches is going to be huge too and yes definitely just a really smart piece of business for the panthers in my mind and yeah i just i can't wait to uh, you know I, I it makes me hopeful for Bobrovsky to have a bounce back here more so than before yes would Undoubtedly, I, I definitely agree with you. <clears throat> All right, well, uh, we'll move on here to uh, our main segment, really, of this podcast episode, uh, which is our parlay picks, and then later we will be having on a guest in front of the show, Jared Shea. Uh, after that, so looking forward to that. Always a pleasure having him on. Um, but we'll start with our parlay picks. First up uh, is the Buffalo Bills at the Denver Broncos. And that, this is on Saturday, so we're, we're doing Saturday, Sunday this week. Saturday, Sunday, because there are Saturday games this week. And it's always more fun to include more teams in. Um, yeah, so why not? All right, Buffalo, Denver, Saturday. Who you got? Buffalo. Buffalo. They were electric last week. I, not even close for me. Although they are playing in the Mile High City. Yeah, the altitude could be a factor. Um, but last week, we both picked the Steelers over the Bills and kind of joked about how, uh, it, you know, how close the line was and how it was in favor of the Bills. And it turns out we do not know as much as we think we do about football, but we will correct that this week. I'm taking the Bills as well. Uh, right. Next up, Green Bay Packers, Carolina Panthers, Aaron Rodgers, Probably the front runner for the MVP. At least that'd be my pick right now. Yeah, um, I mean, for, for this versus, game, the rea- versus the Carolina Panthers. Um, the reality of this game for me is that Carolina lost to Denver last week. So, not a good team. I'm going with Packers. Yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I you know I love Teddy too. Glove back there slinging it, but uh, I'll go Packers as well. Uh, easy pick for me. Next up, Vikings, Bears. Bears, big performance last week. Mitchell Trubisky, is he the best quarterback in that draft class? Well, if you look at just last week's results in which Deshaun Watson got eliminated from the playoffs and Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions, he might be. Small sample size, but he might be. This is a really tough game, to be honest. Very tough. I mean – the Bears, the Bears are a really interesting team, but the Vikings are as well. I mean, the Vikings just two weeks ago squeaked by the Jaguars. We're right? very good, by the way. Jaguars are very good. I mean, Jaguars are very good in terms of your parlays. Not even. Um, they're good for your odds. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, huge but boost on the parlay. It's just not a good team, man. And – it's, it's going to be really interesting. I honestly think I'm going Bears in this one. Yeah, this one's one where it's like any given week, I don't know what to expect from either of these teams, honestly. Exactly. They could be incredible or they could be terrible. That being said, and it pains me to say this because I'm playing Dalvin Cook in fantasy, but I'm taking the Vikings. And I hope they get it done through the air. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my big hope this week. But uh, yeah, I'll take the Vikings in that one. Next up. Um, could be a close one. Probably won't be the Titans versus Lions. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right there. This is one of the locks of the week. Tennessee Titans. 
it's so tough because <laughs> I just inexplicably really like the Detroit Lions, and I don't know why. Like, I have no reason to, but Matt Stafford seems like a decent guy, and, like, TJ Hawkinson, I picked him in fantasy last year, and he wasn't good, but I took him, and I like the guy. <laughs> but, man, the Titans are just so much better, so I got to take him. Yeah, it's not even not even close for me. Yeah, like they're just I mean Derrick Henry's a cheat code, like that's that's an easy one. Uh next up here, Indianapolis Colts versus the eliminated from the playoffs, Houston Texans. <laughs> I mean are, 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 there's this theme going of just lock after lock here. Um Colts for sure. The huge, the Texans were so deceiving last week. It was tough because, like, Deshaun Watson is such a good player. Like, he's so good, and he has no one to throw it to. Absolutely. Absolutely no one. So, I'm going to go on Indianapolis. I like me some Phillip Rivers. I have him on my fantasy team. He's one of the three quarterbacks on my bench (laughs) this week. I have – my bench is Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, and Tom Brady. Nice. Because, <laughs> not nice. Absolutely. Nice. I tried. No, it's terrible. The quarterbacks have killed me this season. I'm starting Baker Mayfield this week. Yeah. It's, those were just – I mean, Brady's been massively underperforming. and well, He's all know. over the – I mean – Jared, every time I don't start Brady, he'll have a good week. Every time I start Jared Goff, like it just, I, I can't win. And the so Rams, like, the Rams just don't score a lot of points at the end of the day. That's also like a huge boost against having Jared Goff on your team. Yeah, like it's just it's a nightmare. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking the Colts on this one too. Uh, obviously, next up, the Baltimore Ravens. Big win last week. Game of the week, undoubtedly, was them versus the Browns. That was a sensational game. Sensational. Awesome game. But they have a tough opponent this week. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson. Why do you do this to yourself? (laughs) Why do I do this? Because I still believe. If you watch the Jacksonville Jaguars every week, they lose by like one score not last week but other weeks <laughs> and it's like man this team's like they're gonna one, win one this team's they're gonna win one this team's one good throw one electric play away from being right back in it but uh no you i'm know, taking the lamar's, ravens lamar's back you know it's you can't you can't pick against the ravens yeah i'm gonna take the ravens for sure in this one but it's it's painful and i don't like doing it but i'm going to because it's the smart move Next up, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Washington football team. This one. This is going to be a great game. And I I don't know if you have the odds pulled up because you're in Mexico, but the odds are – I'm a decimal guy. So um, 141 for the Seahawks and 2.9 for the football team. Now – I think they're being a little bit disrespectful to the football team there, to be honest. A little? Like, a lot. This should I think, be I think I, closer. I, I think it might be maybe the uh, – uh, like, because Washington I, – I, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, oh. It's the I, I injury. Alex Smith. Alex, Alex Smith got hurt. Injured. Yeah, right? yeah. And that's got to be it. Because the Seahawks, obviously, they crushed the Jets. We all knew that was coming. But – you know, Washington, they took down Pittsburgh, who's a great team. Um, I think the difference being, like, this is a fun game because Washington's defense is so good. Seattle's and defense that, is so bad. The Their thing. offense is good. Before they before they beat the Jets, they lost to the Giants. Which is super embarrassing, and I can't believe it The happened. Giants without Daniel Jones. Yeah. So – I, it's going to be a wildly interesting game. I I am honestly torn because those those odds are quite disrespectful. It's really tough. The odds almost make me want to take the football team just because the payout would be really, really nice. But I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one because I have to stay loyal 
I will always take the Seahawks no matter what. <laughs> that is for sure. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm honestly perplexed. I really not sure what to do. Um, probably take the Seahawks. Fine. I'll go. Uh, yeah. I'll go with the Seahawks because I think, I think that, the football team was just on one of those runs and it has to come to an end. And as a Giants fan, I cannot afford to have them win. Yeah. The other thing too, is I think like the Seahawks were in a little bit of a funk there and a big win over the Jets might've just gotten them some confidence back. Exactly. Playing with a little swagger. I think that could be huge. So I'm taking them next up the San Francisco 49ers going down to Dallas, taking on the Cowboys who you liking in this one. This is another really, really interesting game. Um, I'm, I'm just going to defer to the same judgment as last time, as with the last game. I cannot afford to have Dallas win. As a Giants fan, I just know NFC East team can win. Therefore, I'm going to pick with 49ers. And I expect this to be a really close game. I do too. And I'm also taking the Niners, even though, you know, same division is a Seahawks. But – the Cowboys without Dak are just not a great football team. I mean, they, they come off a pretty big win with Andy Dalton against the Bengals, which is which is a very interesting point for me in this, like, kind of trying to choose who's going to win. It, I, they're not – the odds are pretty reflective of the odds of to, to actually win the game. I think they're pretty realistic, but I – I have to go 49ers. Dallas can't win. Yeah, I'm taking Niners too. All right, next up. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers flying up to Atlanta, taking on the Falcons, who you like. It's really – I got to go Bucks, But the Falcons are going to – they're, they're, they're going to put up a fight. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Falcons. I, I, I can't, I can't say anything bad. Um, why am I taking the Falcons? Well, I do have Calvin Ridley in fantasy, and I know that that's not a great reason to pick them. But the Falcons are a team that, like, they're they're another one of those teams, very much like the the Bears and the the Vikings, where I don't entirely know what to expect out of them every given week. Right, right, like they're not that one hundred percent. Like the record's not great, but I don't think they're that bad. They they started off the season zero and five, fired and they fired their coach, which I think was a huge like influence boost. Well, and like um, people have ripped on them for like blowing that game to Dallas, but in order to blow a huge lead, first you have to have a huge lead. Exactly, and I mean the reality is, and they've lost a nail biter. Yeah. To the Chargers last week. Yeah, it was close. Um, I, I mostly took this one because, you know, you got to take a couple underdogs each week, and I think that might be one that uh, might pan out. So I'm taking the Falcons in that one, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, next one here, Rams, Jets. Now, the odds are very heavily favored towards the Rams. The New York Jets have not won a game, unless you ask the people over at Sportsmax. But... It could be a close one. It could also be a blowout. Just for, for, to give an idea to our listeners. Money line on the Jets. 11.25. It's kind of tempting, right? It's tempting. I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm not thinking about putting maybe just like, a, you know, like $10 just, just to see, you know. But... I mean, those are some very, very skewed odds. I mean, they didn't look that bad last week. Like, they lost 40-3, to three, but they were up 3 nothing. They were. They were. At a and point. According, according to Sportsmax, no bad teams ever score three points. Exactly. Only good teams. And we have um, to assume that that wasn't the Jets last week because the Jets are good. You have to assume the Jets are going to come out and play hard this week and put up a good fight and might even win. But uh, yeah, I'm hundred percent taking the Rams. There's no doubt in my mind. That's a walk. No doubt. Yeah. If the Rams blow, like I, I won't believe it. I can't, but 
I, yeah, so I think I think at that point, at that point, if the Jets win, we just have to give a hundred dollars, anyways. Yeah, I think we do. It, 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 yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, Jets win, we'll give away a hundred dollars. But uh, I'm in Mexico now, so you probably have to do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All no, right. No, I'll give a hundred away a hundred dollars if the Jets win. All right. Next game, Cardinals, Eagles, Eagles at Cardinals. Who do you like? The Eagles, big win last week. Jalen Hurts at QB looked pretty good. Huge, huge, huge win. Ruined my parlay, along with many other games. And I mean, I mean, the Cardinals beat the Giants last week, which is a feat. I'm not gonna lie, it was impressive. Did not think they were gonna pull it off. And somehow, um, somehow they somehow got it they done. managed. They just managed. Um, but because they beat like the I guess second best team in the league last week, I'm gonna have to go with Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going Cardinals too. Um, my reasoning here is that I still don't think the Eagles are that good, and I think a Cardinals a nicer looking bird than an Eagle. That's just my opinion. For that reason, I'm taking them. And enough about that. Next up, Chiefs Saints. Patrick Mahomes. What a fantastic game. Three interceptions last week. New Orleans, big loss to the Eagles. Going to be a great game. Going to be a really, really good game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Chiefs for the sole reason that there's no Drew Brees. Yeah. That's just that's just the reality, and I don't think that – Taysom Hill can can make it much longer. I mean, they they lost to the Eagles, man. Yeah. There's I'm no a, other way of putting it. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs as well, just because Patrick Mahomes, that team just finds ways to win. Even if it's not pretty, they get it done. Like last week wasn't great, but they still win. So I'm taking them there. Uh, last game up here, the Cleveland Browns taking on the New York Giants. Tough I think one. you already know what I'm going to say. You're also taking the Browns? I'm not taking the Browns. I'm taking the Giants because the Giants are going to bounce back from their loss last week. Um, now, you may say, Noah, you guys gave up a lot of sacks last week. Some and we might, did. Yeah, and some, we did, some might say that. But it's, it's the law of averages. So because we only get, we gave up like – I mean, literally, like, one of the – I can't remember his name, but one of the players on the uh, – Career high, five card, sacks. Ca- career, no, 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 no. Not only career high, but franchise record high. Yeah, so, so I, I wouldn't say that's they gave up, Because they gave up so many last week, they're not going to give up any this week. That's just – that's a given fact. We know that. Don't even have to watch the game and we know that. So, I mean, therefore, you go with the Giants. Now, I'm taking the Browns, and here's my thinking on this one. I have Baker Mayfield in fantasy. <laughs> I also have Nick Chubb in fantasy football. I need that offense to cook. I also don't think – But this like, isn't fantasy, man. This is like who you think is going to win straight up, and I think – You know, what? Like, the, like the, the Browns, they put up a really good fight against uh, the Ravens last week, and – Call me crazy, but I think the Ravens might be a slightly better team than the the New York football Giants. So, uh, for those reasons and those reasons alone, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns, and I'm feeling pretty confident, so confident, I'm going to call this my lock of the week. More more so than the Jaguars game. More of a lock. This is is absolute ridiculousness. Well, I... Mexico's changed you, man. I know it's made me wiser. <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the Browns. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, we'll get our picks together. We'll roll out the tweet. You guys know the rules. Retweet, like the post for a chance to win one hundred dollars if either parlay hits, or you could win a hundred dollars if for some reason somehow. The New York Jets find a way to win. I haven't looked at their schedule, but maybe we should make this an actual thing. Should we? 
it feels kind of mean just to spontaneously pick on the Jets for no reason, but I, I'm down to do it. I, I mean, I'm just going to check the schedule just so we can, like, make sure that we're not getting ourselves into something that we don't want to get ourselves into. Um, but I mean, not that we don't want to give away $100. I mean, as much as we would love to give away money for, like, unearned income, actually. Um, it would be, I, yeah. It, All right. I, I just got to check who their last week matchup is week 17 it would be a real like we have to we have to give away the money at some point right like we just have to all right well next they're week they're playing they're playing the patriots week 17 but I, I i think that we can do this promotion at least two weeks we'll have to evaluate our risk uh assessment in in the last week but i think at least this week and next week we'll give a hundred no 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 we're doing it we're doing it for the entire season all right, entire season. All right, if 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 they lose, if they win against the Patriots, I'll I'll cover it because <laughs> this is a fun promotion. You know, we want we want to really we want to give away money. That's what we're we're trying to do. Um, so yeah, that's but not uh, too easily. Not too easily. Um, yeah. So that does it for our parlays. That does it for this episode of the podcast. Apologies to Jared Shea. We ran out of time for him tonight. Uh, sorry about that. We'll try again next week. Uh, thank you to all our listeners out there. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll be back uh, this weekend, well, Monday, with a brand new episode. So stay tuned for that, and we will see you all then. Back on.